Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. Every day I get to help women rise and find their own healing despite their circumstances. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. If you're looking for just betrayal topics, catch me on my former podcast where there are four years of golden content, all for free at your fingertips. All right, let's do this. All right, today we are talking about our relationship is on the brink and we're talking about divorce and uh, with a professional who's also experienced divorce. So I have Kyle Barth, who is a relationship therapist here with us today. And um, I'm excited to talk about this subject because we both get the question of how do I know what's the right thing to do to stay or to go? And we're going to explain maybe some connecting back to yourself moments so that you can figure out how to make those decisions for yourself. So Kyle Barth is a licensed relationship therapist and he's divorced, (laughs) which I love that just by the way, because here we go. Um, Though divorce was never in his plans, he earned his master's degree from OSU with a thesis focused on divorce and co-parenting. His goal as a relationship therapist is to to help others experience confidence by building safe, secure, and connected relationships, whether that's in a marriage relationship or not. He uses trauma-informed therapy practices to create a safe space of healing, honesty, and growth for those who are ready to rewrite the script of their story. He loves spending time with his kids, is an outdoor enthusiast, avid basketball fan, and he loves learning and can never read enough books. So um, can I ask you what's uh, the best book you've read recently? You can share that. Oh, the best book I've read recently. Um there's a lot, like several I've read in the past year, like Know My Name by Chanel Miller. That's a really heavy book. It's a really mm. good book about trauma. Um, yeah, Untamed by Glennon Doyle is a great book. Yes, I've read that one. And I've read that one. <laughs> yeah, so there, there's a lot. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, well, welcome. I'm glad you're here and we can start this discussion. So um, you're divorced uh-huh. and you're a therapist who are yeah. helping couples. So um, first off, can I just ask what your clients, um, are their concerns when they meet up with you or is it just like, let's do this, let's figure this out. Yeah. It's more just let, let's do this. Let's figure that this out. And it's interesting. Cause I'm, I'm open about being divorced, but I'm also not like publicizing, like I'm divorced. You need to know this before we start talking. Right. Like, cause it's not about me. Um, yes. and so it, it's, it's just part of the, I think the, the conversation, um, as well to help people see like, what, what is a good relationship? Okay. My focus is like good relationships with good people. And so what does that look like for you? And just with, whether it's about divorce or anything, it's like, if there's a concern, let's talk about what that is. Like, what's your fears and concerns about me or about, is it fear of judgment? Is it fear that mm. I'm going to push in one direction or the other, or that I won't get it, or that I don't know anything about relationships because <laughs> I'm divorced that, you know, and so we can kind of just talk through what the fears are. And I find most times when you just openly talk about something, like there's not a concern when someone feels seen and heard. 
I love that. And um, I feel the same way because I, I have had girls who come into my groups and are worried that I'm going to steer them into divorce. And I would say, we talked about this just before, either decision to stay or to go is hard. And yeah. there is no part of me that would say, you should do this. It's you are the only one with your answers. And so you're helping people guide whether in whatever direction their desires are right. And to make those yeah. decisions with a clear mind. So tell me about, um, where this all started and why you chose to do a thesis on, um, divorce and co-parenting. You were married at the time or you were not. Yeah. So I, I was married at the time and in graduate school and it was more by luck, honestly. Um, so the professor that I wanted to work with, he offered me a job in essence to say, Hey, I'm working on this co-parenting for resilience research project. You can have a job working with me for two to three years doing this. And I was like, great, I'm, I'm all in on that. And I didn't know initially that was going to result in, you know, doing hundreds of quantitative interviews about divorce with parents, with minor children who've divorced and qualitative interviews and teaching hundred hours of classes and reading all these research articles and publishing research and presenting and like this in-depth thing where I really became like, I, I don't know, fascinated the right word, but I love studying this just to see like when there's transition points in people's lives, how to help things go right. How do, when people have, they're a terrible point in their life, what actually helps people become good co-parents? Like yeah. what helps someone actually refine themselves after divorce? What helps people who are kind of at that decision or spot decide maybe this wasn't the right thing. And they kind of backpedal. Like it's so fascinating. And so I just looked at that through the lens of how to help good relationships happen. And that's what I was all about. Mm, I love that. And then as a therapist, divorce comes into the therapy room all the time, but it's not typically people like, I need help co-parenting or <laughs> I, I want help with this. It's like, my child's having a lot of problems now that they're a teenager, or I have this trauma from when I was a child. Mm -hmm. and, and so you look at it from different lenses. So it's also like, how can we help people when they're in the moment more as opposed to when the symptoms come out of the consequences later? And so that was a lot of where that started. Um, but it yeah, it was kind of more just luck, I guess, of how I ended up studying that was I was offered a job. <laughs> so I love it. Well, and I've experienced the transition, many transition points, but that one was the hardest for me because I was in a two decade relationship and have children. And then it was a very sudden, we're going to end this relationship. And I really felt like, okay, I've done all this work and mm -hmm. done all this healing and yet I'm in a new arena and now I know nothing. <laughs> and it's like everything went out the door and I fell apart. And so for me to, like most things that I do, like I'm going to research and I'm going to figure out how I can show up as my best self and make my future self proud because I really didn't know what I was doing. I had lots of examples of friends and family who had gone through this transition and I knew things I didn't want to do. Um, but I didn't know what to do that was going to help me. And so um, yeah. I would love to hear for those who are listening, who may be in the questioning part, uh, I get a lot of messages that are, and I understand this because I once was this person where you type out your story and you say, here's where I'm at. What do you think I should do? Mm -hmm. And 
you know, there's no answer to that. It's just empathy and love. Like that is, I hate when we connect in pain. Um, but the only answers come from within. And I hated hearing that answer because I didn't even understand what that meant at the time, because I was like you said, I wasn't present in the moment and I was very disconnected from myself. Um, but you know, if they're in that place, where do we even start? I mean, do they find someone like you? Do we, where do you start people at? Yeah, I I think it, you, you start where you're at. I know that's a simple answer. And sometimes like therapy can be a great option. It's not the only option, right? Maybe it is you go to coaching or a group, or there's a book, or you talk to a friend who's been in a similar situation. Sometimes though, the most helpful advice, I think, and where you can kind of find what you need comes from not sometimes like your closest friends or family members, because they're too close to the situation. Like you need someone who can hold a space for you. They can help you be honest with yourself to, to navigate that. And it can be really hard and and really challenging. Like I I even know when I was in that spot, like you kind of make like your pros and con list or you've thought (laughs) through things and like, you're just like stuck, whether it's through like, I'm stuck in fear or I'm stuck in the pain of the fast past or like what could happen in the future. Mm. And kind of coming back to the question of like, what would you need to feel good about a decision, like to stay or to leave? And I know one of the things for me, it was like, when I came to the realization, it's like nothing, like there's nothing that's going to help me feel good about being divorced or mm. have my kids go through that or me experiencing this pain or having to have this conversation with my parents or, you know, with other people, it's like, that is miserable and it sucks. And so on the other side, it's like, well, what would help you feel good about staying? Sometimes the answer to that is like, well, nothing. <laughs> and maybe it's, if there's safety concerns, that's a different conversation, yeah. right? Though, if it's like, maybe there's been so much pain and we've worked through so much for so long and it's like, we're different people now mm-hmm. and we don't connect and we haven't been able to accept that. Or maybe it's, um, we want different things or it is like, there's so much hurt or the other person doesn't want to change. And I do want to change. And so there's not a right or wrong answer, but it's like, what would help you feel good about staying? And, and for me, the answer is like, well, I I don't know, maybe nothing. And so it comes back to sometimes like, what, what do you value? What's most important to you? Um, And how can you move forward in your life? And, And when you, I think when people can find the answers to those things, you can go through really hard things for the right reasons. Mm. What you don't want to do is stay stuck and experience pain and misery for reasons you don't feel good about or for reasons you don't understand or for the wrong reasons. Um, And even if there's maybe some, like, no one's ever going to fully feel like, I feel great. Like, you'll probably have questions afterwards, like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Where that worked? <laughs> Maybe that was the wrong thing. Oh, this was so great. I'm so glad I'm not there anymore. So, but being able to kind of ground yourself back and like, well, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And this is what truly matters. That's when you can hold on to yourself. Like when those hard moments come up, like when you're <laughs> your kids, in my case, like my daughter will say something. It's like, oh, that hurts, but mm. I can get into this and be present and have this conversation. So that's what I found personally. I think also, as I've worked with lots of um, people, um, going through divorce or making that decision to stay or to leave. It's like, what really matters to you? What do you value, um, in this situation and how are you living true to your values? Mm. And it's, I love all of those questions and considerations because those are things that you can come to conclusions within your own home 
and within your own safe space. Uh, they're not easy. And I, I know for myself, when I ask hard questions like that, and I feel the answers, I push it away because I'm like, no, I don't want that answer. Like that isn't actually what I want. And so I'm just going to keep ignoring and denial and going forward in the opposite. And it's so freeing. And um, that, that surrender and let go that we all desire when we can actually just listen mm-hmm. and then act, um, whatever it is to do. And I've done both. I stayed and and worked through it and rebuilt. And then just like you said, we wanted different things and it came to an end and, um, we co-parent great now, um, because yeah. we're different people and mm-hmm. we can still get along. So, okay. You mentioned something that I, I wanted to ask you because, I see women do this. I did this. I don't know if you did. I'm guessing you did by what you said. Mm-hmm. It's the questioning. Okay. So we're going through with the divorce. We're separated. We don't live together. The papers have been filed. We're moving through things, but you have these days where you get along mm-hmm. and your kids might even say like, you, I don't understand why you're doing this. You guys get along mm-hmm. and you start to question And I have these women who are really trying to move forward and be strong in their decision, whether they chose it or not, but Mm -hmm. they get in these moments of questioning and, and maybe things go really well with the, you know, your former partner. And so you're wishy-washy. And so Mm -hmm. just this week, I had a girl who she's been with me for, you know, over a year. And in the beginning, she would have these moments. Mm -hmm. It was hard for her to find clarity. It was just like this spin cycle of like, I don't think it's the right decision. We can make it work, but also he's not doing anything. So how are we going to make it work? Whereas this week, you know, she's, she's got so much more of her own strength within her and trust within herself and her decision that she had that questioning moment, but she also spoke the reality. Like the reality is I'm like romanticizing the idea that we can make this work. So I'm going to stick with my decision, even though I'm in that questioning stage again. And I think I just want to hear, I feel like it's a common feeling Mm -hmm. when you have made that decision and yet you feel almost, it's so vulnerable to even speak it, especially to friends or family, because they're like, what are you even thinking? Um, (laughs) So what is your experience with that with yourself or clients or both? Yeah, I I think that ambivalence that comes in sometimes that questioning, it's a real thing. And sometimes it comes from other people, whether it's like people's jaws dropping as you're telling them you're getting divorced and they're like, he's so great. She's so great. How how could you do this? Right. We don't get it. Um, Or whether it's in yourself, right. You have those moments and maybe even it's after someone has been divorced. Right. And it's like, we're at this event together. We're at our kids, you know, baseball game. And that seems fine. Right. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's like two weeks later, it's like, oh yeah, this is like, okay. <laughs> that's why, <laughs> that's why. But I, I think in those moments, like it's learning to trust yourself Yeah. where so many times, like you've been through so much in your life and so much in a relationship that it's, you, you can trust yourself to make the decisions that help you be safe physically and emotionally that help you be connected to yourself and to other people. And that are the things you want that align with your values and desires for your life. And it's kind of regrounding yourself back into those things in those hard moments, because again, 
going, getting a divorce, going through divorce after divorce, like it, it's a hard thing. It, it sucks. And it can be a beautiful thing at the same time, just like staying in a relationship or staying married can suck. It can be really hard and it can be a beautiful, <laughs> wonderful thing. And that's why it's like, there's not a clear right or wrong answer. It just has to come back to what, what kind of those three things, what helps me be safe, connected, and what do I want to move forward where it's letting go of that fear of the future where you don't know. Like maybe if you would have stayed together, or you decide to stay together, it's going to go great. Or maybe in two years, you're going to look back with even more regret of saying, I wish I would have left then, mm -hmm. not now. Or maybe it's you leave and it's like they change their life and they become a different person. You're like, maybe that could have worked. Mm. Maybe that wouldn't have happened if divorce hadn't have happened. So it's like you can't kind of get caught up in the what ifs or what could haves or should haves. It's just like, what is and what's my reality? And kind of reground yourself back in the present moment. And, and that's why I think it's helpful to have the unbiased third person that mm -hmm. you can trust to help you stay grounded. Because if you go to, and friends and family are great, <laughs> but sometimes if you go back to that person, right, they can just, maybe they really like that person or they don't like them. And it's like, yeah, you totally need out. Or like, <laughs> that's right. Like you should get back. I can't believe you didn't see this before. And right. It, it's almost like they don't mean to, but it's like, can almost be gaslighting a little bit of like making you question your reality of like what actually is going on versus <laughs> helping you stay present. Yes. And I'm glad you mentioned that because for me, when I was going through, I have a huge support system because of the work I've done for the last decade. Yeah. So yeah. when I was going through this, I had two therapists who were like, come with me every week and we will, we will unravel all of this. Yeah. I needed that the third party to keep me in that place where I needed to just vent. I needed to talk out the crazy in me that it felt crazy. I wasn't crazy, but like all the ands, I I'm mad and I'm also sad, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm, I was so full of fear of my future and yeah. the fear of the unknown. And so to even just have someone who my therapist, um, Cameron would say, I would say, I'm so afraid to run a business by myself. Like, how am I going to do this? I've never done this. And he'd say, but you're doing it right now. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, okay. And then I'm so afraid to, um, do buy a car. I'm so like, I was so afraid of so many decisions and my ability to take care of myself and the uncertainty of who's going to want to date me after I've put my podcast out there and these programs with my former partner. Um, it was terrifying, but it was just that, that solid grounded reminder of a person saying, Hey, like I'm not invo emotionally involved here. And here's just the realities. Mm -hmm. And here's, here's like a breath of hope for you. And why are we worrying about five years down the road when we just need to stay in today? And all you need to worry about is today. And that I needed that so much. And, um, sometimes my friends, like you mentioned, it, it wasn't helpful, you know, when they would get really angry at my former partner and, and then it had required me like, Hey, this is still my kid's dad. Yeah. And I don't hate this person and people on the internet who are still reaching out to almost two and a half years later. And like, we think this about your part. I'm like, I don't, why are we still hung up on this? Like it's past. Yeah. We're good. We mm -hmm. can let go of this. Um, so for me, I needed the third party 
I needed two third parties. <laughs> um, just that like intense period for me to find that ground. Um, I I like the idea. I want to talk to you about the fear of future because I feel like that is what keeps so many of us from making the decision. And so as hard as it was for me to accept that my former partner made this really quick decision, it felt like to get divorced. Yeah. It was also this, and now I, you know, I saw it took me about eight months to see that, but it was like, oh, he was actually just choosing something and coming to the the reality of I'm not going to live in fear anymore of the unknown. And I'm just going to trust that this is the right decision for me. I see it now, but how many times do you hear, I'm afraid to get, I don't have a job. I don't have the finances. What, what about my kids? My kids are going to be affected by this. But then you, up to me, I just look at the flip side. Mm-hmm. If we stay in a relationship, my kids are going to be affected in a yeah. negative way. Um, there is no certainty, even in a marriage, that things are going to work out financially mm-hmm. or emotionally. Or So just the realities kind of would help come bring me back to things. So mm-hmm. uh, what is your tips on that? Because I feel like that's a huge one, the fear. Yeah. That, and it's the fear comes when we're living in the future. Um, and that's where fear typically exists and comes from. It's not from the present moment. And it's typically not even from the past. Like the past brings the pain. Mm. And sometimes the pain can, we can project into the future of now I'm afraid of this continuing versus being able to stay present and make the decisions and choices that align with my values that are safe and connecting. And so I think in those moments, it just has to come back to like, what is right now? Because there is so much like going through the process of divorce too can be a traumatic experience for a lot of reasons. And there's probably a lot of traumatic things happen in the relationship up to that point. And so Mm -hmm. how can I just slow myself down and be present and look at what is the reality, whether it's, I am running a business right now, or Mm -hmm. I can buy a car or who do I know that can help me with these things in my sphere? I'm not alone. Like I can have a support network and team and people and finding my people, you know, and Mm -hmm. sometimes that's kind of refining new friends, refining new connections, because you're a different person and other people aren't going to get it. And people who have been there or even like two steps ahead of you, I know it may sound weird in the process, but I was there last year. And now like, yeah, I I remember that. And here's the person I talked to, or here's how you refinance a mortgage. Here's when you're trying to recalculate child support or figure this out, or here's what you have a conversation about this. Here's what you do when, you know, your ex is very uncooperative with co-parenting and now it becomes like petty and it's drama filled. And Mm -hmm. like, so I think a lot of it's just coming back to the present moment and then looking at slowing it down and breaking down. What is this about? Is this about me buying a car and what's even the value behind that, that I'm actually scared about? Like, yeah. is, I feel like I'm not good enough or I'm not confident with finances. It, what's the fear around whether it's co-parenting? Okay. I can trust myself to hold boundaries and figure out how to communicate differently. Or is it about, you know, dating? Like, is anyone going to love me or how am I going to be able to date someone else or love them of, okay, I, I can love myself. I'm a lovable person and I can slow down and do that work to fill that. And, and maybe I need a community to you get that validation or support, you know, of seeing that. And I think it's just, as you slow down and refocus on again, what is, and find those people that you can trust and the things that you can trust, like you can learn to trust yourself and gain that confidence in yourself. That doesn't mean that like 
all the stuff you went through was worth it. There was a cost to that that's significant that I don't want to discredit that. And that cost doesn't have to become the fear of the future. It doesn't have to write the next page of your story in the next mm -hmm. chapter. Like you get to decide what's coming next. Um, even though there's a lot of variables that affect that outside of you, mm -hmm. like what is in the present moment and how can I just stay here with whatever that is? And that's easy for me to say, right? <laughs> and hard for me to do and yeah. hard for people to do too. So, Oh, for sure. Especially in the beginnings when yeah. you're so mixed up in the grief that fear is very overwhelming. And so I really love the idea of finding the two steps ahead people and making new connections and friends. That's absolutely what I did. I hear a lot of women say, well, I don't have any divorced friends. You know, all my friends are married and I was in the same boat. And then I started looking around going, actually, I do have some friends who are divorced. Uh, maybe I don't hang out with them, but I'm I started to connect with them. And then I made new friends who were also in the divorce world. And it's not that I, I only want to have friends who are divorced. I hang out with people who are in all sorts of places uh, now, but in the beginning, it was very important for me to have people who understood because it is a weird place to be if you choose or find yourself in divorce. Um, it's something that people can absolutely empathize with who haven't experienced it, but it's different when you've actually experienced it or are experiencing it because there's days when you do feel very confused and very crazy and very full of fear and having somebody who's like, Hey, yeah, that's, it's okay. Like you're normal. And now let's get through today and we'll have another day tomorrow. Um, yep. so, and even just the, I remember, um, when I first started having my kids go to their dads, Friday nights were hard for me because somewhere in my brain, Friday night meant I need to go out and have fun. Even though I didn't really do that on, in my marriage, it was like going back to high school days where Friday night was something we looked forward to and it was fun. And then I found myself alone and sitting at home and thinking, how is this my life? And I felt really sad. And so figuring out, okay, I need to find friends that want to go out on Friday night. I want to start creating rituals for myself. You know, I'd get take out and have a bath by myself. And that was Friday night. And it became something I looked forward to again, rather than the dread of being alone or having nothing to do with other people. But, um, did you find, you know, as a man, I don't know how it lines up with that, what your feelings are, you know, first times without your children, what that looks like. Yeah, it's, I think it's weird. <laughs> like that, that's how I'd answer that too. It's like almost refiguring out of like going out and refining myself of like, it's okay to have fun without my kids or without yes. being in family mode and to have friends and to have a good time. And, and I think one of the challenging things too, is like refining what your role is, where you're pivoting between so many things, which makes it confusing. Meaning it's like, I'm a full-time single dad. Now I'm a full-time co-parent. Now I'm a full-time bachelor. Now I'm a full-time partner and friend. <laughs> and oh wait, I still run a business and I'm still a therapist and I'm still doing all these other things. And it's like almost figuring out how to provide space for all those things. Like it's okay to go and have fun and miss my kids at the same time. Yeah. It's okay to love being with my kids and still like parenting sucks sometimes. <laughs> like I want I when's the next day coming when I'm not gonna be with them, right? Like and yeah. it's, I think it's just giving space for all of those things. And allowing yourself to feel what you need to feel, allowing yourself to be bored or to be lonely or to, 
you know, be sad or be angry and to feel those things without having to allow those things to define or to control you. Like I can feel lonely and experience that. That doesn't mean that I have to like stay locked in my house every Friday night for the rest totally. of the my kids aren't here. I can make new friends and go out and do things. And that's just fine. Yeah. And then I can enjoy being with my kids too. Like, so I think it, it is a little bit when I've worked with a lot of people and even I've experienced this, it, it takes a little bit of intentionality to shift back and forth between those things to show up how you want to show up. And then also be able to take responsibility of like, okay, I'm still figuring this out. Like I totally did not co-parent well right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or like, okay, I had a little bit, not that I had too much fun, but how do I get back in the mindset now of like being a parent and being with my kids? Yeah. Like, so there's so much complexity to that as opposed to it's like, my life is this. And that's yeah. when 24 seven, it's like, my life's different things now and it can be great. Yes. Okay. So it's interesting because I think if I was still in my marriage, I wouldn't have maybe pointed these things out in my own life. Right. Because I'm, yeah. I'm in the certainty, but it's not yeah. right. It's always uncertain, mm-hmm. but it felt certain, but I didn't feel the need to go and like, have fun without my kids as much or have fun without my partner as much. And now it's this forced time where mm-hmm. I have a week every other week where I can go and have time alone. I can have time with girlfriends, have time with my guy. It's, it's still something I could have done in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and I think divorce for me and for most people, it pushes us to grow and to find our more of ourselves than maybe we hadn't dis- discovered within our relationship. And so I joke with my, uh, my girlfriends who are divorced, like we have that pull of the, and where I miss my kids and I also enjoy my time alone and I can be both. I can travel alone. I can travel with my family. I can travel with friends. I can do all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's guilt in it. Um, like I feel guilty that I'm having fun or guilty that I'm going out. Um, but also I don't feel guilty. Like it's just a lot of the, and, and so we joke that I, I don't want anyone to experience this where you have to experience divorce and the uncoupling of decades or, or whatever it is, but also I wish everyone could experience this rebirth and rediscovery of self and what you really value and your time that divorce forces us to have. And so I'm like still trying to figure out how that happens. I have one friend who I'm watching do it in her relationship as they have watched me mm-hmm. and they're rebuilding in such a beautiful way in their marriage. Like they're, mm-hmm. it's very similar to what I've done in divorce. So I know it's possible. Uh, but I don't know that everyone's, you know, sees it until it's like the wheels are falling off and now we're getting divorced. Yeah. I think there's like events sometimes in life that force that change to happen. Like divorce is one, like death could be one. And it's like, nothing will ever be the same. Like, and now I'm forced to kind of face some of these things. Maybe I've been avoiding about myself or my own life or been avoiding about how I show up in relationships or parenting. It's like, you are a different parent now that you're divorced. Yeah. You are a different partner. You will become a different person. And it's up to you to decide what that's going to be like. Or are you going to recreate the same patterns in your life mm. and go back to the same place you were? That's a trap many people fall into. And so how can I be intentional to create that? And you're right. Like even in 
relationships that's possible, though many times people don't get there. Like you, you stay stuck in the comfortable known, kind of the miserable complacency that's like, it's good, it's fine, but it sucks. And right, we're not really sharing what we're thinking and feeling with each yeah. other. We go through the motions and we don't know how to take responsibility for ourselves and our life to be authentic um, because it's safe. And mm-hmm. it's mostly what we want, but we don't really feel connected. And so it's it's tricky to navigate, to find that. Um, and it's possible. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, couples will, even if they're in a relationship, it takes something big to try to create that change. And when I have couples that'll come and talk to me, one of the questions I'll ask is like, what would a successful outcome of therapy be or of couples counseling be? And the most common answer I get for couples counseling is like improved communication. That's like what mm-hmm. everyone says, which that may be part of it, but they have an experience. I think what they're really longing for, which is like, I want to feel safe and secure. I want to feel connected and desirable and desired at a deep level. I want to feel intimate and passionate and free and confident in myself and confident in our relationship and have this deep trust that like in you and in me, and as we move forward with our family, whatever that looks like for them to experience something different, Mm -hmm. like adults need playtime too. And so like, that's what they're longing for. They haven't experienced that. They don't know how to articulate that. So it's like, we need improved communication or we just need to solve this problem where it's really, you know, needing to create a different connection and all these different things that's there and divorce. Sometimes it can force that, like, as you're saying, it sucks and you can now experience something different. You're going through something really hard. Yeah. And so I saw a video the other day that it reminds me of what you're saying where, um, most of the people I work with say, I just, I want honesty. And this is something I wanted. I want you, I just want transparency. And like, I want to be part of your inner world. And then this video was saying, actually what you're searching for is vulnerability, being vulnerable and saying like, today's been really stressful and I just want to be alone. And when we're in a partnership and and marriage, it's hard to ask for those things. And so we react instead of, you know, telling our person really where we're at and what we need. And that's confusing and pushes our partners away. Right. And so I wish there was just like this, here's what you do to read, to create the relationship you want, but it really is. I've found kind of a puzzle piece for everyone because of our histories and, and what we're experiencing in the now and what we want in the future. There is no, like, here's your answer, go do this. And it's going to work out great. Mm-hmm. It's maybe you guys are really good at communicating, but you're just lacking some vulnerability in communicating. Um, there's just so many parts. So uh, I love the idea of staying, but growing Mm-hmm. And maybe one partner's growing and the other partner isn't. Um, you mentioned the the idea of, okay, so we're not going to get divorced. Maybe that's not even on the table, but I'm growing and I'm I'm doing this work and I'm finding there's this new part of me. And maybe I am feeling like a new person. I'm mm-hmm. having that, uh, what is the word? Uh, midlife passage or midlife crisis where you are kind of this rebirth and finding yourself again, but your partner is scared (laughs) to death. I once was that partner where I started to see my partner shift and it was 
there was no vulnerability and transparency in what was happening until decisions were already made. And it was so scary. Mm -hmm. And I was like observing, I was not a part of it. And that's what for me made it really hard is we were already shifting and, and growing separately, but to see your partner grow without you, uh, yeah. it's scary, but it's doable. I see people do it all the time. And I love when I get to see people grow together and shift into totally different, like we're not at all who we married mm -hmm. 10, 20 years ago, but here we are and we still fit. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm sure you see clients like that, where there's that pull of, come on, let's go, let's do this thing and let's learn some skills. Or I'm just in therapy and my partner isn't. Um, so for those people who are in that boat, um, what do you recommend? Cause I know that you hear the advice you can shift your, like one person can change a relationship, mm -hmm. but I also think that's tricky <laughs> because mm -hmm. if the other person isn't willing to accept or come along. Uh, it's just this for a long time, mm -hmm. but the butting heads, the fear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one person can change a relationship for sure. It's just a matter of what is that, what is that change going to look like? It'll be different. Mm -hmm. Um, but what, what's the outcome of that? And so I think one of the things too, is like when you're growing, whether it's focused on self-growth and the other person isn't, or isn't ready, or isn't wanting, or is just growing in a different way you know, quite frankly, it's um, being able to love someone as they are and meet them where they're at, as opposed to how you want them to be trying to get them to change or resenting them for not changing. That's what's going to create a lot of problems in your life. And then in a marriage and relationship, and then there's just kind of decisions from there. Meaning like, if I grow and I do all of these things, this person's like, I actually don't want to change, right? It's being vulnerable and it's scary because when you're vulnerable, you can get hurt. Yeah. That's, that's the part of being vulnerable that people don't talk about sometimes is like, that's an actual option. If you can get hurt, you can also be chosen. You can also have experienced connection, but vulnerability can, can hurt. And you can be, whether it's rejected by a partner or saying like, this scares me and afraid of this, maybe they're going to respond negatively. That is a potential outcome and recognizing that that rejection is a really healthy and good thing. And when we can learn to become uncomfortable with that initially, like I'm not okay and you're not okay, but we're okay. Or I'm not okay, you can still be okay. Or you cannot be okay and I can still be okay, right? Like when we can figure that out, it's really hard to do. Then there can be a space for that of like, you can say, no, I, I don't want to have sex with you. Or you can say, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to start this business. You say, I really do. And it hurts that you don't when you can learn to stay present with each other without having to try to fix the other person to get mm -hmm. them to be or do something different. Also having to try to shut down and withdraw of like, now I, I can't handle this. I'm not going to take this. When you can stay present, that's where growth can occur. And that's like emotional intimacy and connection where there can be an opportunity for something different in the relationship. That's really hard to do because it's a vulnerable place for both people to be. Yeah, because it triggers that everyone I've ever worked with, they say this in a different way, but they have this underlying fear of like, I'm not good enough, or yeah. I am a failure. I'm not lovable. There's that insecurity and those type of moments really trigger that. So it's really hard to stay present when we're triggered by our partner or we're oh, triggered yeah. by our partner. For sure. And 
thank you for answering that. I think that is going just so many pieces of this that you have talked about, I think is helpful for people. I would love to have you come back and talk about co-parenting because yeah. I think that's an, an entirely separate episode and oh, yeah. one that, because I only have my experience with co-parenting with someone who I actually get along with and it's, it's become easy. It wasn't in the beginning, um, yeah. but it's become easy. And I know that that is not the case for so many people who find themselves here. And so um, will you come back and do yeah. a whole episode on that since you are the expert? Yeah, I, I'd love to. I'd say I have expertise. I don't know if I'm the <laughs> expert, I have expertise in that. And it's like, one thing I'll say briefly about co-parenting, it's like, even though I have all this expertise in it, it's hard, right? Like yeah. Experiencing in the moment is really hard. So there's a lot to that. Okay. Well, yeah. um, thank you for being here and yeah. for your wise words, some really great questions that you left the audience with to be asking themselves, um, in making decisions in their relationships. So, uh, where can they find you? Yeah. So if you go to my website, it's impactfulcounseling.com. Um, all my contact information is there or feel free to send me an email at help at impactfulcounseling.com. I'd be happy to okay. connect with anyone. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, Ashlyn. Yeah. Thanks for being here with me today, whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email.